had the one that God was writing history for, baby. He thought of us. Eternity through our lineage. This is more than lust. No offense, but you drive me crazy. The shortest bus. Drunk off your essence. Overindulge when you pour it up. Liquid lush. Blush when I give you compliments. Join accounts on our future common sense. I'm confident. What we got is Stacey Dash. So this thing don't age. But if you go promoting Trump, then I'm turning the page. Hey guys, welcome back to Block Channel. We're here for episode nine this week, and we have a quite a quite an amazing show in store for you. If you're a fan of video games, uh, if you're somebody that likes to play video games, and you're definitely gonna want to stick around this week. Uh, I'm also joined today with Corey Petty and, of course, Dimitri Ferguson. Uh, fellas, you wanna go ahead and introduce yourself? No problem. Corey, you go first. I'm Corey Petty. I work for the Bitcoin Podcast. And also block channel. That's He's core petty. I'm, <laughs> I'm, wait, were you done? That's it. That's all I got. Cool, cool. I'm D, host number two of the Bitcoin podcast and number, well, now I'm going third, but another co-host of block channel. I'm bringing you those good crypto talks very frequently to make you feel good about yourself and where you stand in the crypto world. <laughs> and And we are joined this week. Uh, with our guest Marco Cuesta, which I believe I pronounced his last name correctly, um, who is the mm -hmm. business business development uh, manager at First Blood. Is this correct? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, Co-founder and I manage the business development at First Blood. And uh, yeah, uh, very nice to meet you, Stephen and D and Corey as well. Thank you very much, man. Appreciate it, Marco. So so let's just go ahead and just like hop into the to the bulk of the discussion here, and we can sort of start this off with getting a brief explanation on yourself, sort of like your educational, entrepreneurial, you know, business background, how you ended up at uh, at First Blood and being here on this podcast today, just so we can understand who you are as a person. Sure, sure, no worries. Uh, so, yeah, I, uh, I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit growing up. Uh, back in high school, I would do some odd jobs and stuff for people. I ended up getting into like online retail, selling things like dog clothes and random stuff on eBay and uh, taking like a five, 20% profit margin and helping some people out that I knew. So it uh, really felt good to do that. But uh, as things went on, got a little bit more serious. I, I had uh, taken up photography. And so I started doing a little photography and shooting for people, doing some photo editing and uh, ended up being a, a pretty decent business. But uh, I'd say my first entrepreneurial uh, venture that I ever uh, engaged in was alt options. And uh, I, I should give a little bit about my background, about uh, my education, at least, because that, that's the foundation of that company. Um, I'd studied finance and entrepreneurship at Questrom School of Business at Boston University. And uh, there I, I met a lot of really great people. And uh, one of them was Joe. And uh, him and I together, we had uh, co-founded this company called Alt Options, which was uh, we we're technology development firm that created a trading platform that was actually the first trading platform to support American-style options trading on digital currencies for retail clients. And uh, so it's scalable to other digital currencies and uh, also options on those digital currencies. And uh, needless to say, I'm sure you guys know the U.S. wasn't the best place to do something like that mm -hmm. once the regulations started rolling in. So, you know, we did some work overseas, consulted for banks, did trading solutions, uh, that sort of thing. But um, oh. that that was our that was our first venture uh, in in 
in our, our lives that was pretty big and also in the blockchain space. Uh, then as that went on, we, we ran all the options. We're still in, in commission, but uh, we're gamers. Uh, I've been a gamer for, geez, uh, I remember picking up my mom's uh, a Neo Geo, not Neo Geo, excuse me, it's the uh, Game & Watch. Donkey Kong Game & Watch. I don't know. Do you guys mm, remember that? Kind of wow. like a... Uh, I, yeah, is that ringing a bell? When Talk about yeah. Mr. Like Game & Watch? Thing? Yeah. Throwing <laughs> chairs like... and throwing bacon at people? Yeah, it's yep. magic. <laughs> yep, that was my uh, first foray into the uh, gaming thing. And, you know, I got a Game Boy after that. And uh, uh, ended up getting, you know, PlayStation, GameCube. And ended up really liking FPSs, first-person shooters. So played, you know, Medal of Honor, Call of Duty, Battlefield. Yeah. Wait. Uh, you played Battlefield One? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I played that for the We're first time. Talk like after the show, but keep a going. little over a month ago. Yeah, man. Unfortunately, I I've like switched to to PC games. My friend he got a, a PS4, but uh, you know, maybe once I pay off some of those college loans, uh, mm. I'll be able to get myself a nice uh, PS4. Heard right that. there with you, buddy. Right there Heard with that. you. You know, you could always buy a PS4 with Ethereum on Purse.io. Uh, that's true for 15 to 33 percent <laughs> off that's one yeah right. yeah no totally actually if, if i do I, I i'm looking to get one soon so uh definitely gonna spend some bitcoin for that or ethereum uh mm. but uh actually uh so as much your thought here oh yeah video games so yeah love them love them i <laughs> I, I think that the biggest the biggest one that that i had played throughout my life has probably been counter-strike so uh, when I was young, like in middle school, I would get up at like 5 a.m. to play with my friends overseas and stuff like crazy things before school I was totally addicted. And that got me on the whole steam bandwagon with uh, with Half-Life and, and Team Fortress Left for Dead, that sort of thing. And uh, that, that was mainly mainly what I ended up playing. But then we have uh, Joe and our other co-founders. They were more in like the MOBA space, mm. playing things like League of Legends, Dota 2. Um, I myself have played a little bit of RTS here and there, like Command and Conquer. But uh, while we were working for Alt Options, we started to take note of the the growing interest in esports and how the market was really blowing up. And we said, hmm, well, you know, I think there's a way here that blockchain could really innovate the space, especially for esports competitions, which you know we're we're blowing up. So. Uh, we put our heads together, thought about it a long time, um, realized there were some other people who also had a similar idea but didn't know what blockchain was. And actually, there's a couple uh, of competitors out there, uh, more than a couple. But um, we were we were the first that we knew of to contemplate somehow integrating blockchain technology into this. And, um, and that's, that's how we started First Blood, uh, which I'm sure uh, somebody – Looking at this, uh, w- w- is wanting to hear a little bit more about it. Uh, they see the title, and uh, uh, they've probably heard a little bit about what we've done in the space with our crowd sale and, and all of that. And luckily, we're able to finally deliver on that product. So basically, what First Blood is, it's a competition platform that's blockchain-based for esports competitors. You can go on there, risk tokens on yourself, and uh, play a match. And the game data is... Uh, verified by our witness node system it's basically like bitcoin mining software it's like decentralized you can run it on a raspberry pi and it pulls the game data directly from the game server via api and cross-checks it with the self-reported results so 
you know, I just started playing Dota 2 a couple months ago. I was an FPS guy, so I, I really sucked at it. I was getting owned all the time. Yeah. Uh, you know, let's say that I enter a match with somebody and uh, I, I, you know, they're a pro, so I probably need to get my ass whooped. Uh, uh, I, I risk tokens on myself beforehand. And uh, once the game data comes out that I did lose, I report, okay, I lost. The other guy reports that they won. The witness node confirms that. And you need two confirmations to have a payout of that system. Mm -hmm. And so once everything is confirmed, it's all mm -hmm. good. It's published on the blockchain. Uh, the, the smart contract automatically pays out uh, the winnings to the escrow. And uh, that's, that's how the system functions when everything goes correctly. But as we know, uh, there's a lot of sour grapes out there. There's hackers, cheaters, um, you know, people. There's racism, sexism, a lot of issues that are really coming into the spotlight now that esports has grown in popularity especially and in the so, dota community <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah there's well i would say actually you know i don't know if you heard recently about counter-strike and all the problems that they're having yeah but, the gaming um, community i guess yeah. in general yeah oh and people you know it's like it's hackers there's always going to be hackers uh they're always going to outsmart people you got to be it, it's it's a full-time job trying to to play whack-a-mole with these hackers and cheaters but uh you know somebody's got to take them on and uh, be the good guy in this space and really bring that dark activity out into the light so uh we have our jury voting portal which uses collective reporting much like wikipedia to adjudicate cases so people opt into the system uh, they're jurors who will say okay i want to get pinged when there's a case that comes up so okay they get pinged uh, there's a reported case of some racism going on here, and that could very easily be seen with a chat log or something like that. So, so, so it's kind of like a so it's kind of like a Supreme Court of video games. <laughs> I, I would say it's the first. Uh, let's just call it like a smaller claims court uh, <laughs> because it is it is the first line of defense here. There's actually there's it's judge I'll get into, judge Judy huh? judge Judy yes yeah <laughs> judge Judy sure yeah there's a bunch of judge Judy's there's a whole room filled with them and they're the ones. <laughs> collectively reporting on this case and saying, okay, this is definitely hacking, cheating, or, or something of that nature. And so the way that we incentivize people to get involved and know what they're doing is we penalize you if you don't vote with that that uh, majority with once the quorum is reached. It's kind of like Augur in that sense. We have collective reporting, except instead of having a widely publicized event, um, like whoever won the election or everyone knows that, uh, you have something that's evidence-based. So there's a little bit more discernment that needs to take place. But uh, once once it's a, the quorum is reached, the minimum amount of votes is reached, and the majority is there, the payout goes to the just party. Um, the party in the wrong is penalized uh, by deduction of rank or, you know, if they're a repeat offender, banning. And, um, and, and everyone goes off on their merry way. So that is the first line of defense there. And it's, it's funny that you bring up Supreme Court because there are a lot of uh, regional oversight bodies that really popped up recently in esports uh, to deal with this really big issue of hacking and cheating and other illicit behavior. So, um, you know, they're, they're like esports integrity organizations. They can issue bans to people. Uh, in some cases, they actually work with local jurisdictions if something criminal happens, like money laundering. And, uh, yeah, that's... that's uh, it, 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 there, we're not the only ones trying to tackle this, which is an important thing for everybody to do their part to, to get rid of this activity that is toxic in the place. It really hurts the overall development of the industry. So, uh, like, you're working with First Blood. Are there any other projects or initiatives that you're currently, like, excited about or interested in? Like, we would like you to kind of 
highlight or praise kind of anything that you're interested in, what you're close to, what you feel like is, is really pushing forward in this space and maybe how First Blood could be, how could leverage these technologies or these technologies leverage First Blood? Uh, sure. I can definitely tell you stuff I'm, I'm personally interested in in the space. Uh, there, there's a couple of, of projects out there, namely one of them, Ownage. Ownage is pretty cool. It's like a, it's a, uh, positioning itself to be an online marketplace of sorts for like online game items, and it's planning on being blockchain based. So uh, I'm sure you heard like skin trading is pretty big and mm-hmm. was um, things. Yeah, kind of got got the shutdown because of uh, people abusing that system. But uh, there's definitely a need for that, especially blockchain tokenization of assets, uh, especially in the gaming world. This is applicable to anything like FPS, MOBAs, uh, some really interesting stuff there. Uh, um, Token card from Monolith Studios. That's something that's pretty cool. Have you you guys heard of them? Yeah, actually, we're planning on interviewing them soon. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah, they're... uh, uh, just give them a little intro. It's uh, basically a debit card like uh, Shift from Coinbase, except instead of Bitcoin and Ethereum, you can literally put on any tokens that are ERC-20 um, compatible. And uh, yeah, the, I don't need to say that that's a huge That's, that's a huge thing. To a like lot it's, of a, projects it's, a, it's a massive boost because it provides a lot of liquidity and, and kind of usefulness to all of these potential tokens that kind of proliferate in the space. Yeah. Oh, for, and it, it, except to where anywhere Visa is, so you know, <laughs> pretty much everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, really cool project. Um, some other cool ones, like going back to old gaming watch thing, like arcade games and simpler ones. There's uh, also um, Etherplay, which is Etherplays, which is like uh, it's it's similar to what we're doing in, in a sense. Like it is using the blockchain to like log results and verify data. Uh, but it it is simple arcade games, kind of like Asteroids and stuff, and. It's got a cool little old school, um, what is it, like 24-bit or whatever the heck it's called, uh, uh, old game sounds going on. So really, really cool stuff. But uh, yeah, that's that's kind of like what I'm looking at right now. I've Believe me, I've been so involved with my project. It, it's it's hard to branch out sometimes, but I got to stay current in what's, what's in the news. So it, it's nice to see other gaming projects out there trying to make it happen. So I got, I got a question for you. Sure. Two part question. Shoot away. First part is, did you ever play Killer Instinct, and who was your main character? No, I'm kidding. We can go into video game stuff later. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I actually have it, man. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> well, I got a serious question for you. So essentially, yeah. what you kind of have done is create this P2P betting platform. And so, are you expecting any challenges from regulatory like services? I put quotation on services. Like, are you, do you think you're? Uh, oh, yeah, regulatory. Yeah, yeah, bodies. Yeah, regulatory services. Do you think that they're going to service you guys with some paperwork, and you're not going to be able to live out this dream of, of first blood? Or, you know, what do you what do you think about that? Yeah, you don't so, want those kids who are like playing Halo in their basement to one day get their door smashed down by the FBI. That's terrible. That's scary. You <laughs> well, piss your Mountain Dew all over the place. No. <laughs> well, I w- yeah, I would not like anybody to have their door battered down by FBI unless they're actually doing something bad. But, uh, you know, I, the, you're, you're right that if something is not followed correctly uh, and we're not honest, we're not, you know, something like that, which uh, a lot of people aren't in this space, unfortunately, 
there's definitely going to be the band hammer coming down on those individuals. However, the way that we're trying to position ourselves is exactly the opposite. I said, we're building an esports integrity system here that is extremely transparent. You can see everything that happens. We're going to follow the highest standards of KYC AML. I, I myself am a certified anti-money laundering specialist, and so is our other co-founder, Joe. Um, wait, that Very, was convenient. For some... Very convenient. Yeah, and, and great education, too. I mean... You learn that uh, I'm sure also blockchainers know like the biggest money launderers are, are banks and using cash, traditional fiat cash is uh, the, the preferred method. But um, to go back to the whole esports integrity bit, what we're trying to do here is integrate all these people, third party uh, oversight bodies, and also even create a portal for regulators to look into to see what's going on here. So if there is money laundering going on, if there is something like that, they can automatically see suspicious transaction reports or reports of criminal activity going on, and we can be fully cooperative with them. And this is all trying to create a space that is compliant, safe for our users, because nobody wants to deal with that while they're playing video games. Uh, I, I'm sure, I don't know if you guys have ever tried to use one of these competition platforms out there, but the main concern is dealing with cheaters and, and, and hackers. And so we're really at the forefront of that. Uh, I would say for the laws, yeah, they're definitely coming, just like for Bitcoin. Uh, there's, uh, like I said, there's a lot of bad actors out there that are forcing regulators to get involved because people are getting wronged. They're losing tens of thousands of dollars. They're 13 year olds calling law firms saying, Oh my God, I lost all my money. And it's like, well, <laughs> those people shouldn't even be on any type of betting platform, especially in the United States. So uh, the best thing that we can do and that we're trying to do is educate regulators, show them that blockchain is not something that people use mainly to buy drugs or do illegal activities. It's actually quite the opposite. Uh, I mean, I myself have spoken to members of the Secret Service, FBI, IRS, and they all come back with the same thing. Wow, Bitcoin is actually really helping us to track people because it's a public record for everyone to see of everything. So mm -hmm. it's kind of like sticky paper for vermins or rodents. It allows you to, to actually keep a better eye on this illegal activity. So to help regulators see that and to create a technological standard that the industry can follow – I think that's the best thing for everybody in this space. I like that you used the uh, uh, the analogy there for um, sticky paper. That's pretty funny. Um, yeah, so, yeah, so, <laughs> so, so it sounds to me like you've got a lot of experience in this space. It sounds to me obviously like you you know you've talked to a lot of different you know individuals. You're you're very familiar with the laws. Like you guys, it doesn't sound like you're just like amateur hour throwing up a WordPress page and you know crossing your fingers and doing and hoping for the best. So. Since you're so experienced, what what would you have? Do you have any sort of uh, advice that you would give young developers, entrepreneurs like yourself who are like in the Ethereum Bitcoin space um, that you think that resonates well with you internally that would be very beneficial to them? Yeah, there's uh, there's definitely a few things. Um, I would say number one, don't be afraid to make mistakes. Uh, that's really the only way that you can truly learn. Uh, some people don't take advice and stuff, and you know you can give advice to people. You can, uh, I'm sure there's people out there that do want to help you, but at the end you do have to follow your dreams, but do so in a responsible way. And you know we we had some hiccups here and there. Things weren't always profitable in the past, but we learned a lot from it, stuck it out through through the hard times, and it really paid off for us and our project tremendously, and allowed us to be able to 
give something back to the community eventually. Uh, so I would say, you know, don't get discouraged uh, just because, um, I'm trying to think, what else? Uh, you, you also need to really follow your heart in a sense. Uh, don't follow the money. Really try to make a difference out there because if you provide use, if you provide value in a community, that that's really what matters at the end of the day. Uh, it's not about making money off of people. There, there's this one re a really good analogy that uh, I, I had heard. I think it was a journalist actually wrote it about it. Uh, when he was younger, his father would take him to baseball games and they would play this game where it's like, okay, you're, you're out not watching a baseball day, a game on a hot day. It's sunny. Like what do these people need the most? And it's like, do they need, you know, lemonade to keep them like from getting parched? Do they need sunscreen? Do they need, need an umbrella, a fan? Like, what do they need? It's not so much thinking how you can make money off of people. Uh, that, that is another thing that's very important because it'll, show right through anybody who has experience you're just in it for the money you're there to be greedy or you know maybe you're trying to con people uh, uh, you got to be honest transparent here um, so that that's another piece of advice that is very true and near and dear to me and the other thing is I would say is uh, in this space you got to know cybersecurity you got to know how to protect yourself and your team uh, because as we've seen um, what is it somebody um, I forget his name. He was uh, involved with the, the Augur project. I think he was an investor. Some some guy who had uh, uh, overseas. He was from Asia. He had very large crypto holdings, and sure enough, somebody was able to basically steal his information. I think he had two factor using his phone, and uh, yeah, he lost about like millions, millions of dollars, millions of US dollars worth. So, getting into the space, you're among some of the brightest minds, whether on the good side or the bad side. But it's very important to know that uh, how to protect yourself, protect your information. Uh, you know, don't don't post anything bad online or say things in private chats uh, that you you wouldn't want others to hear. Because saying anything bad about anybody isn't good at all. But it, it could be very likely that that would be a downfall of you. So be socially responsible, be transparent, don't try to hide things, and and make sure that you're following high security standards. I, I've been I've been playing Dota for quite a while now, and I'm curious, I, I want you to kind of step me through what it's like to use the platform because Dota has implemented a lot of these um, kind of ways in which you can buy in and then bet, if you will, on the outcome of a game. Now, what you're betting on isn't a cryptocurrency. It's not decentralized. You can't take that token out and use it somewhere. But it's really, yeah, really easy to use. for their internal game, yeah. Yeah, so like mm -hmm. for for the average player, it's it's a really integrated way of do of like doing a betting system, if you will. Can you take us kind of through what it's like to use the First Blood platform and why it may be kind of easy for someone who's not familiar with the technology to to, to use themselves? Sure. Uh, so right now, I'm proud to say that we did launch our private alpha. Uh, that was about. It was the first week of uh, this year. So we've had a couple of people sign up and uh, we had actually a couple thousand people sign up to, to get in line to try it out. But um, we're only allowing about 100 people on the platform currently. So, it, it, you know, we're, we're trying to scale it out. Well, it is an alpha. It, it's basically the first version. So I'm not going to lie. Of course, it's buggy. 
Uh, we've all been in startup space and, For sure. and, and used some some buggy applications, but that's part of the process. So we want to scale it out properly. But as of now, um, we've gotten some really great feedback. Uh, I've had people that have never used Bitcoin before that, uh, you know, they're like, wow, I'm in esports. I, I love what you're doing. I think this is the right direction from what I've heard, but I've never even used Bitcoin. So, you know, we let them on the platform. They tried it out and they had no problem uh, going through and using it. Um, and I'll explain that a little bit now uh, how that happens. So uh, if you sign up at either slack.firstblood.io or you visit our page, put in your email, that gets you on the list. Uh, eventually, you will get an email that says, okay, you've been invited to test out the, the alpha. Uh, go here and register the code. Okay, you sign up for the registration code, you go on, and right now we're just on a web client at this point in time, but we're developing an app and also mobile app uh, for the future. But right now you just use a, your Chrome browser. You do have to have a Chrome browser for this because we utilize uh, MetaMask with their plugin which uh, for anyone who's unfamiliar, it's just a, a Bitcoin wallet that's kind of tied into your browser. Uh, and uh, it also has altcoins, Ethereum, that sort of thing. But um, it also supports the testnet. So right now we're using the testnet. We don't want anyone to risk their first blood tokens. Uh, we need to make sure it's secure before anybody starts touching it with that. And the testnet has a pretty good environment to be able to test it out. So uh, you do have to switch your MetaMask. Or you have to download it, of course, first, enable the plugin, and uh, switch it over to uh, the testnet. So once you're logged on to the system, you sync up your wallet. It automatically inputs the, uh, the public key, and uh, it makes it pretty easy for you to integrate that. And you have to hook up also your Steam account. So that's as simple as uh, clicking a button saying, I want to hook up my Steam account, logging in. And that, your two parts are integrated, pretty much everything you need to get started. Then you go to our page where we have the lobby. Uh, you can, at this point in time, uh, you can create your own matches, but we're adding the matching feature tech uh, functionality so people can just say, I'd like to look for a player, I'd like to risk this many tokens, and it'll match you up with someone of comparable rank on our system. And so uh, you put it there and you wait for somebody to say, okay, yeah, I'd like to challenge you. So, okay, you start a match, brings you up to the next page, and uh, you, you initiate the game in Dota. So you just have the browser running in Dota at the same time. And you go in, you play the match just like you would anything else, and whoever wins, wins. Great. Then the uh, the game data is automatically verified by our decentralized witness node system, and the results are published directly to the blockchain. And if everything works, the payout happens, and your wallet goes up in, in one of the tokens, or testnet tokens in this case, and uh, your rank will increase as well. So... Pretty much as simple as that. Uh, no need to mess around with uh, public keys in a sense like copy and pasting or anything. It's already integrated with MetaMask. Um, but you know, as we go on, we'd like to refine this process, make it much simpler. And uh, you know, I think a really good inspiration out there is uh, Steemit, how they created their user interface uh, using a digital uh, asset like that, their digital token in a sense was as easy as having a Facebook or a Reddit account. I think it was a Twitter or Reddit account. Uh, you sign up, the wallet's created, you start using the system, you don't even know, you're, you think it's like Reddit, you don't even know what you're using. So uh, the goal is in the end to get something that the traditional esports space uses and you, you basically won't even know you're using either tokens or a digital currency. Uh, you just end up challenging people, having fun, winning rewards, and uh, having competitive gameplay.
I like it. I really do. I think that it could get bigger than you realize. If it gets super successful, there's going to be like fantasy leagues and shit where people are betting on people betting on themselves. It's going to get intense. Well, I mean, yeah, it's scalable. So, so what about what about the avenue where I, you know I'm an individual and I want to start like placing bets on like games that I am not actually directly interacting with? Okay, so see that's something that um, at least for the foreseeable future we will have no activity in because uh, what we do right now wagering that's skill based competition. Uh, it's mm, not betting on somebody else's outcome. I see what you're doing. And that is it's it's legal in many states and federally speaking, <laughs> it's illegal in about 45 states in the union. Uh, you don't have Damn. to have any sort of certification to do something like that uh, with another person. It's the same thing as I can stack my beer cans higher than you. I think it was called wizard sticks where it's like, yep. yeah, you can. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so it, it's like that. There, there is no regulation on that in 45 states in the union, except for some states that have, of course, you know, large industries that they need to protect or their laws were written 150 years ago. So uh, uh, most states, that's perfectly fine. And this is P2P. However, if you start betting on other people's matches or betting on things with large, um, with randomness, with like, you know, a slot machine or a lottery, that's gambling. That is Mm. a heavily regulated industry, which you do need, uh, uh, you do need to apply for licenses for that. And there's definitely, you know, a demand for that in the space, but I don't see us directly facilitating anything like that in the near future. Excellent. Seems nice. fair enough. Yeah, because I remember having a conversation, I believe, with Matt Liston from Gnosis about the, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the possibility of like, p- you know, putting in prediction markets for like the individual matches and things like that. How was that, um, Joey? Oh, was, was it Joey? Oh, no, I, I think I talked about it with Joey and Matt. Yeah, yeah if you had them both on, I'm sure that. Yeah, was, uh... it's an interesting subject, <laughs> yeah. and it's it's kind of like a lot of people like me personally. I watch Dota pretty much every day. I would love to be able to kind of place bets with uh, cryptocurrency based on who I think is going to win on a regular basis. And I imagine a lot of other people would, but you find yourself in a yeah. very um, harsh, harsh sea of regulation if you if you do something like that. So doing what you're doing is, is for now, the safe bet, which also makes people like interested in the platform and provides a service that other people want. Yeah, I, you know, I completely agree. It is something that you need to have skills and it sharpens your skills to be able to use it. It's something that improves you as a person. So, um, yeah, and, and it is a much smarter move earlier on just because of uh, we're a lean startup. You know, we, we're, we're definitely operating on a budget here. Uh, we're being conservative. That's the smart thing to do. And uh, we, we'd like to scale properly. Uh, I would say if you do like to watch people play Dota, uh, we actually organize biweekly tournaments. We call them uh, Social Sundays, and we give out about $100 worth of Steam credits to the winning team. They split it up. It's 5v5, so it's like $20 a person. But uh, we stream that. We've got shoutcasters. And uh, the biggest problem with that is uh, we, we have to keep the numbers down. We have so many registrants, but it, it would go on for 12 hours. I think one time before we cut it down, we had a lot of teams that ended up being about 11 hours tournament uh, so we, we made it much more manageable for people to watch, but you know, by all means, man, uh, follow us on, on Twitch, you know, check us out. 
What, uh, where can we find yeah. you? Uh, so our, our like handle for most stuff is First Blood IO. No dot, just First Blood IO. And uh, you can definitely find us on Twitch that way. But uh, yeah, and and our uh, Slack is Slack dot First Blood dot IO. Um, excuse me. Yeah, sorry. Oop, just dropped something. Slack dot First Blood dot IO. And so uh, if you'd like to talk to the team, get to know the community a little better. Uh, that would definitely be the place to go if you'd like to interact with us uh, for for also uh, the, the the competitions that we have. We mainly utilize uh, Discord, which is a gaming chat service. Have, have you guys heard of that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that that's mainly where we have our our tournament community going, and uh, yeah, get, getting a lot of interest there. We're very happy about that. So if I'm a if I'm someone that's interested in First Blood and I want to like either. A, get my hands on some First Blood tokens, and B, I want to go ahead and like join the First Blood community and get a, get a part of the alpha and see what you guys all are about. Uh, how would I go about doing that? Uh, so we did have our token pre-sale, so uh, at least going through us, that's not really an option at this point, but there are a number of exchanges that have picked up the token on their own accord, and um, yeah, there, I think Liqui was one recently that, that it's on, and uh, what else? Uh, I mean, there's Ether Delta, that's a decentralized one, and of course there was a UNB and Gatecoin. They were pretty early on, but uh, you know that that's on their own accord. We we don't really have anything to do with that or facilitating that, but that would be the way to to participate in our esports ecosystem if uh, you so choose. Um, on top of that, uh, the best way yeah to communicate with us would be uh, signing on to our Slack and, and registering there. Uh, to get the latest updates on the project and chat with anyone on the team, and uh, you know, visit our site at firstblood.io. Uh, we actually are accepting uh, applicants for for job listings that we have currently listed on there. Uh, we're looking for a director of marketing, we're mm-hmm. looking for a marketing intern, a full stack developer, and a front end developer at this point in time. So if if anybody listening to this, if uh, you think you might be qualified and you're passionate about blockchain and esports. Be more than happy to talk to you. Uh, my my email also, if you'd like to to reach out to me, is just marco at firstblood.io. So uh, yeah, happy happy to get the conversation going. Yeah, yeah, and we'll, we'll we'll put your email down in the show notes so that people who are interested and maybe want to shoot your resume um, can contact you as well as like we'll we'll put links to your uh, all the stuff that we mentioned today in the show. Um, as well as like links to maybe some exchanges and things like that if someone wants to get their hands on some first blood tokens. Sounds awesome. Why, Thank why you. Can we just ask you? Can I have some? Can yeah, just give us. Just give us. <laughs> well, unfortunately, all of, all of my. We will destroy you. We'll destroy you in Smash Brothers if we have to. Don't think oh. we won't. We'll come to your house and we will put a GameCube in and we will destroy you for some first blood tokens. Oh my God! Well, I, before I, I want to save you the trouble. I mean, all my tokens are locked up right now in the uh, the smart contract. Uh, you know, the founders' tokens. They. Um, I think it's about. It's going to be a year from September twenty sixth or so. Uh, that uh, of of last year that they'll be mm-hmm. available. So maybe you want to wait a few months before you smash my TV and whatnot. That gives me time to uh, get better. So that's fine. Yeah. I will train and it'll be worth it. Good, good, good. There's going to be a montage. There's a montage and I'm like running up and down stairs with like a PlayStation controller and I'm like drinking Mountain Dew and stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be ready. <laughs> Awesome, well, awesome. No, yeah, and if you, any of you guys are gamers, you know, getting on Steam, doing Dota, Counter-Strike, 
happy to happy to add you. All right, yeah. Well, thank you, Marco, and thank you for uh, all the knowledge today on First Blood. It's 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 great to see you know such a cool competitive gaming you know like a, such a modern uh, sort of thing to to proliferate into the to the Ethereum space. And I think this will be bode really well for adoption um, for Ethereum. And hopefully, we can get some big headlines out there. We can get some cool people winning some good money. Yeah, yeah. We we hope so. That love to have them participate in our ecosystem. And uh, last note too. If anybody's in London, uh, we're going to the ICE uh, conference that's out there, and I'm going to be speaking on the blockchain panel out there and presenting our company. So, you know, happy to meet you guys in person. Uh, would really enjoy that. Excellent. Well, you heard Marco. If you're in London, holler at your boy. And uh, hopefully, everyone, hopefully everyone enjoyed this episode this week. Uh, and make sure you take a look at the show notes so you can uh, check out all the awesome stuff we talked about today. And thank you again, Marco, for coming on. Thank you, guys. Pleasure to be on. This episode of Block Channel was sponsored by Purse.io. Purse.io is the easiest way to spend Bitcoin and save money on everything you love at Amazon. They even have iOS and Android apps for shopping on the go. Purse is holding a hackathon at Hack Reactor in San Francisco on the weekend of March 24th for developers interested in building on Bitcoin, Purse's full-node wallet implementation written in JavaScript. So check out the links in the show notes to register if you're curious and want to attend. Top prize is $100 in Bitcoin, signed copy of the Internet of Money by Andreas Antonopoulos, and a Legend Nano S, so check out and register fast before it fills up.